Trek program. It's time for action, Program complete. Listen when ready. Phil looks excited. I'm so tired. I'm tired of Star Trek. Yes? No? <laughs> no, I'm tired because I got like four hours of sleep last night. <laughs> oh, David's tired of Star Trek. He's like, oh, how much more of this crap is there? <laughs> Sit down, watch a few episodes, have a few laughs. 380 episodes later. <laughs> 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 I like the Die Hard reference, though. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Welcome to the Nerd Trek Podcast, everyone. I am Jeff, and I'm here with David. Yes. And Phil. Hey, everybody. More importantly, we have a guest with us tonight. Yeah. Thank uh, God. They... <laughs> Ouch. That cuts Break deep, Phil. It's been, it's been just us three for a while. <laughs> we had a guest two weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say, we've been pretty we consistent, did. Phil. Don't be mean to Jeff. He I mean, whoever, whoever does our bookings. They're all kind of running together. Sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> welcome, Josh. Yay! Hi. <laughs> so um, some people may not know you, but they may know your wife, your wife, Kelly, the nerdy flutist. Absolutely. I am not um, uh, much of a social media figure, generally speaking, but <laughs> but my wife, uh, you know, she's a definitely notable and, and like Trek talk um and uh some of those other areas uh she was just playing at the uh janeway statue the down janeway in Bloomington. Statue. that was really cool mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah. but let's not talk about her she's not the important one right now it's fine we're just it was just a reference now, um <laughs> let's talk i about don't you. mind i like talking about her so you know it's cool you're only important adjacent to your wife <laughs> right i'll take it i'll take cool. it <laughs> whatever uh no yeah no it was uh we're happy to have you on uh i'm always happy to talk to more star trek fans because that's a good mm-hmm. star trek fans yeah are i love i love talking trek i mean really any sci-fi but star trek is is near and dear right and, it's the uh, best one well right. i mean <gasps> it's super super enjoyable what, what? but it's not keep going not, it's not the best i mean <gasps> what's the best but it's sci-fi great, but it's great the best sci-fi for me now i have idiosyncratic tastes uh is how almost, dare you sir <laughs> it's almost only I found like, like novels and things like that um i really love uh david weber he writes firefly firefly's <laughs> great firefly's great but come on it's joss whedon you figure it's, like if it's only found in people's imaginations seasons, right exactly <laughs> kind of went seven seasons whedon would have figured a way to ruin it like we know for sure <laughs> Probably. That would have happened. Like the 13 episodes is beautiful, but it's not the best. So I don't really like as far as TV goes. I don't know, um, <laughs> but I, I like book, you know, books and and what can happen in my imagination. Tabletop, BattleTech, that's some awesome sci-fi. Stompy robots with spaceships and stuff. That's my jam. Nice. I like <laughs> Stompy robots. You're a Warhammer oh, yeah. fan? Uh, nah, I'm not a grim dark guy. Um, part of the reason I like Star Trek is that it has a sense of optimism to it. Um, uh, but I like it when it's tempered. So like DS9 is easily top of the heap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, uh, yeah, Grimdark is mm, too much for me. Imperium so you're not time. into like say like a like the kind of post-apocalyptic sci-fi as much? 
Not as much. It can be enjoyable. It can be enjoyable. I'll play some Fallout. I mean, I've played all the Fallout games since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but not not super my particular jam, I guess. I like I like mm-hmm. spaceships. I like space captains. Um, so Star Trek is great. I will often joke that my favorite Star Trek show is Babylon Five. all right (laughs) but but, uh which isn't necessarily true it's either babylon 5 or ds9 right Uh, yeah pretty much because they're 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 the same thing they're very similar um if you if you watch them close (laughs) like if you want like they're conceptually similar but they very quickly diverge after their first season yeah i mean they're basically both aliens and humans on a spaceship and then after or a, a station and then after that they're very different yes yeah I, I mean you have the other two major themes of humanity isn't as good as it seems to be mm-hmm. in both the shows and that there's a, a major like war happening in both of them now okay the way they handle both of those storylines are, are pretty different which is part of why i like both shows they're totally different they're not the same yeah. um and i think DF, DS, deep space nine handles characters better than Babylon mm-hmm. 5. Well, Babylon 5 um, has more space for the big idea, I think, generally okay. speaking. Like, it, it handles the metaphysics a little more cleanly until you get to that final season. But they're both great. I'll have to watch it. I, I never, like, I remember when Babylon 5 was on, and I know everyone compared it to DS9, but um, but I never watched it. So I should, I, that's on my list. It's worth watching. I think it's on HBO. HBO Max these days. Probably. It's on something, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, How'd you get into Star Trek? As with many a a trekker of the, like, of the millennial variety, my dad got me into it. It it was on, uh, the the original series was on at like 10 p.m. on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. And he would often let me stay up with him on Friday night and watch a couple TOS episodes until midnight. And that was a treat for me. And, you know, Kirk was awesome. McCoy was the best. Spock was yep. usually wrong from my my point of view <laughs> as a little kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, it was super fun. And then, I, you know, I watched TNG when they were coming out. Um, and usually in syndication. Again, like, it was on at like 5 p.m. So we'd be watching dinner. And mm. I, I, was, I remember being a kid thinking, oh, man, you know... Uh, Patrick Stewart should play Professor X in a movie. And then it happened. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's... It's all real. Wait, what? (laughs) That's awesome. Right on. Um, Well, since you kind of started on TOS, is that your favorite? Or is it kind of just more fond memories? Or what's your favorite series? I like TOS a lot, but it is absolutely a product of its age. It Mm. has so many fun ideas. But... It's, it can be hard to watch all the episodes anymore. My favorite is Deep Space Nine. Okay. I really, really love Enterprise, which Interesting. is <laughs> controversial. <laughs> In some circles. Yeah, In opinion. <laughs> yeah I, I like I like Enterprise for what it tries to be, maybe mm. more than what it actually is. It has so many interesting concepts. The setting is very rich. I love scrappy humans up against everyone else. It, that's a, a really fun setting, in, yeah. for my opinion, anyway. Yeah. And uh, while the, the characters are not as well handled as they are in pretty much any other Star Trek show except for Voyager, it's a good show. 
underneath all of that gunk. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. And then I love Lower Decks. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. What's not to love? I love Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Favorite characters, Captain? Uh, oh, Cisco. 100%. If you had to go out into deep space. So bald Cisco or with hair Cisco? Oh, clearly bald Cisco. I mean, okay. with hair checking. Cisco does. I'm like, you got, you're talking two different people, so. Fair <laughs> enough. With hair Cisco? Yeah, first couple seasons. He has so. hair. Oh, does yeah, he have hair? He does. No, he currently has <laughs> hair. Yes, David pays attention I to the episode. Swear yeah, I watch uh-huh. these before we do these episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's bald Cisco. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Um, <laughs> I think that he he's the guy you would want to go out into deep space to do the hard jobs with because mm-hmm. I think he's most like, likely to actually take you home. Um, in the end, he's not going to get his crew killed over an abstract principle, but he's going to try to uphold the abstract principles. I think yeah. he he tries to kind of draw that line, but he believes in the greater good. And I love the performance. Like if I had to watch one person be in charge all the time, I could deal with Avery Brooks like that'd be yeah. very interesting. Um, <laughs> like you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, sure. I, I would have to say, though, that I would also throw in Pike um, uh, from uh, the Strange New World variety. Yeah, yeah, that's a strong contender. He has some Cisco feel to him because he's got that family vibe, um, which really not many of the other captains, aside from Janeway, have very much of. But Pike, yeah. Pike has some steel to him, which I like. Yeah, and I think, I mean, especially with only, you know, one season really under his belt, um, there's a lot you can explore with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and then again, Anson Mount, like I love, a lot of it is the performance. Like I I would be happy with any of the captains, just yeah. to be clear. Well, except for any of, <laughs> except for any of the captains from Discovery. Um, uh, maybe <laughs> Saru. They don't end well. Maybe Saru. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, things don't always end well with a lot of the captains from from Discovery. That's not their fault, really. They're, like, dropped into trying. really bad situations, so I yeah. don't really blame them. None of them are really trained for it, but maybe Saru. Like, he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's just weird shit that happens all the time. Hey, oh, hey we're in the 3100s now. Yeah. That's hard to deal with. You're Surprise. not prepared for that. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Well, then, since DS9 is your favorite, uh, let's talk some DS9. Um I don't know if they're the greatest episodes in the world, but at least it's Star Trek. It's something. It's something. <laughs> I think Progress is a pretty good episode, honestly. I did enjoy this one. Yeah. So we're doing DS9 Progress, uh, Season 1, Episode 14, original air date, May 9th, 1993. Um, I was actually talking to David earlier about this. I actually really enjoyed this one. I don't think the plot is like severely complicated, but it's, you know, you've kind of got the main plot of Kira. They're, they're going to mine this moon of uh off of bajor and there's people living on it and so kira has to try and get them off and then you have the subplot of um off the moon and off the moon yeah and then what did i say <laughs> hi oh the 13 year old Amicia. <laughs> you're welcome yeah, i'm glad i could help you so, you know what uh, phil decided to bring it to the forefront so you know what she was there for a couple days and stuff happens so you don't know <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, uh, good times. Um, and then <laughs> the plot of Jake and Nog uh, getting 
self-sealing stumbles and then trading up to do some uh to make some profit so i actually i i like this overall uh josh what's our when's the last time you watched this episode well like, like for la- we made you <laughs> sure Be- the- before we put a gun to your head and made you watch this episode <laughs> the last time i had watched this was the last time i had rewatched ds9 which was during the depths of the pandemic um uh so 2020 i want to okay. probably at some point okay. not too bad what are I, your thoughts on it so i really like it actually i think it's one of the better ones from the first season it's not one of my favorites necessarily given that it, it's kind of a downer um but mm-hmm. it's a pretty it's a pretty important episode for kira um and uh, and and to a, like a lesser degree or kind of a more subtle degree for cisco to be comfortable with Kira and to kind of know that she's going to have his back when things are hard with Bajor. And that's a major theme of the first season is Starfleet and their relationship with Bajor. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of a low key important episode, but it's very low key. There's not really very much happening, but then you have the Jake and Nog storyline. That's a lot of gamut sauce. You know, I mean, that's, (laughs) that's great stuff. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it was, uh, well, Phil, you, I mean, cause you've seen all of DS nine. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I imagine you would probably say the same thing about this episode. Like it sets a lot of stuff between Cisco and Kira and their relationship as well. Yeah. There's some relationship building and some character building for sure. Um, the only thing I didn't really care about this, I, I like the focus on Kira and the, in the B plot and kind of her whole thing with the old man. The only, the only downside is it's like they recycled, um, a TNG plot line, the instance of command where Data has to go down and evacuate the planet, and he ends up blowing up their aqueduct or something to get them to leave, and she like blows up yeah. his oven thing and then torches his house, burns <laughs> down his house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like, very much like okay. a TNG episode. It was just like just imagine Data or a Picard, Picard or on some planet, and they're like, well, yeah. we have to get him off. What do we do? And sorry, we got we got to talk him. We got to we, we talk him to death. I can't help it. We have Sorry. to evacuate them, Jeff. Evacuate. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I say that now, that's all I'm going to think about. They had to evacuate him off the moon. <laughs> well, it'd be very easy to imagine Riker in in Kira's place, not getting people off. Although that, <laughs> you guys talk amongst right. yourself for a minute. Oh. <laughs> we lost Jeff. Uh, oh. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, that was kind of my thing. I, other than the recycled plotline, I I enjoy this episode. It's a good episode. It, it's it's good to see the continuing storyline of Bajor and how they're trying to um, not redo the planet, but kind of get their society back in order after all this occupation by the Cardassians. So they're doing what they need to do. They've got this moon. They can utilize it for power to heat tons of homes on Bajor. And they got to do what they got to do and kick people off. Fuck them. So here's here's my question about this. And um, is that good that they're just going to destroy a moon? Like, is there is this going to implode at some point? Is it going to run out of energy? Does if the moon goes away, like, does it affect no. the gravitational pull of the solar system? Like, no, I they're just there's... they're tapping the core. But the byproduct of that basically makes the planet uninhabitable because it wrecks the atmosphere. 
Well, and the way that they're doing it is very fast. I think they cracked the planet open basically instead of like drilling a hole and go, pulling it out safely. Yeah, and they, they said that, that they like it would be like a power year. Cap. Yeah, it would take over yeah, a year be like before a year. they could ramp up. Yeah, it's like just quick and dirty geothermal. Yeah. Keep Mr. Grumpy Gills from having to leave his house. Okay. <laughs> and, it sound, and it didn't sound like there were that many people on this little moon. I think they say it's like 40 or 60, one yeah. of those two numbers. That's it's really low. Well, by yeah. the time we get to this episode, there's three. Right. There's yeah. Right. But then they, by they, the end of the episode, got, they've got all one. the other people <laughs> off. Just this stubborn ass. Yeah. Uh, Phil. No, Phil's doing shots, shots. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I think we may have to. I think I'm going to pour a shot <laughs> every it. single time. Um, <laughs> every time we get someone off. Um <laughs> Um, well, no, so, but then isn't, is there wildlife on the planet? I mean, there's plants. So is, is, is there animal life? Like I have concern for the animals. In it the looks words so of desolate. a friend of mine that's on this podcast, fuck them. <laughs> Jeez, guys. Phil, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but then my other question again is like, okay, so if they're going to tap this and do essentially like a geothermal mm-hmm. tap for the energy, like will, will the core ever run out? I mean, I, I don't I'm, I mean I don't know how long that lasts I'm not a scientist. Well, I've seen the movie The Core, so if it does, they'll just have to go down in a terror in a worst with science nuclear bombs of, and blow. Up to yeah, make the nuclear core bombs again. will totally will totally jumpstart the core again, and they're good. Right. To go. I I'm, I'm, uh, the Core is one of my favorite quote unquote natural disaster movies because it is as silly as it is, but <laughs> that's why it gets quotes because it's not really a natural disaster movie. But so bad. Anywho. Okay, uh, <laughs> David, what are you? Jeff, did I get you off track? I'm I'm uh, I'm so off track now. Yeah, no, yeah. I I liked this episode. It was interesting, kind of seeing Kira at odds with herself, her former self versus her current self, because this old guy reminds her of everything she was, and that that moment when he says like that's not who you are anymore, and she's like it's terrible, like just you see like I I don't think I could take it anymore, kind of a deal. So the A plot with Mr. Grumpy Pants and him not wanting to leave was kind of interesting because he's like, hey, I'm going to die anyways. I'd rather die here. Tell him to go ahead and crack it open, um, which no jokes aside, I would be on Phil's side. I'm like, all right, he said so. Fuck it. Like, like he Do wants it. to stay. He wants to die. Let's let's proceed. Light it Just up. here. Sign this form. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, here's gone. your waiver. Go for it. Yeah, here's yeah. your waiver. We're good to go. And then I actually really did enjoy the little B-plot with them selling, getting the, the Yamak sauce and then selling sauce. that for the bolts and then selling that, kind of trading it out for this and getting the land and then getting making the land worthwhile. It's like the person that like starts with the paperclip and trades yep. it all the way up until yeah. they get like a house or whatever. Yeah. I've seen those things where, yeah, they start with something and they go around and trade them for whatever they can and get a little increment each time. So I thought that was creative. It was a nice little bit and something for them to do. And Nag, Nag got to shine for once. Usually they just focus on the fact that he can't read or whatever and like kind of no, gets about by work. Yeah. And he's got it's, probably, it's probably Nog's best episode in the first season. Um, mm. You get to see him trying to be a Ferengi and kind of not being that good at it which sets up a lot of things for the future. Um, and you also get to see that Quark cares about him, which is nice because he has a genuine moment with Nog kind of early midway through that episode where he tells him he's a good kid and all of that kind of thing. And Quark is not good at feelings or, no. or really, or also being good at being a Ferengi either. Um, and so it's just but a he's very the Grand nice, Magus. 
He was for a couple hours. <laughs> he was it. Very, I still very stand that he is. He was given that title, and it was not just it was before the guy died, and then he died and came back, and he never took it back. So I think Quark is still the Grand Mavis. He is in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a shirt. Quark is the Grand Nagus. Hold on, where's our T-shirt list? I gotta add that's that. A, that's <laughs> a, that's and then reasons list. on the back. One, two. <laughs> Quark is the Grand Nagus. Prove me wrong. There you go. That's, there you go. <laughs> my coffee cup. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, because I mean, because even Nog is like, there's no point in trading. You have to go right for profit. And Jake's like, well, let's. So yeah, he does get kind of get some some nudging. Well, he's and he, he's on board for the stem bolts, but then I love the land thing. Ah, it's just dirt. And I'm like, no, dude, it's land. Like, who doesn't know the value of land? He Maybe a guy who grew up on a McDonald's. space station. Okay. Like, <laughs> I guess if anybody's not going to understand the value of land on a planet, it's going to be someone who grew up on a space station. Like, <laughs> but Friggin you'd dirt. think he would because there's limited space. Space on a space station has got to be valuable, like whether it's whatever. But, a bar or, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of nice, yeah, with Jake being like, hey, I feel it. Like, this is going to be good. Let's take the land, and then let's see if we can figure it out. And then that comes full circle with Quark. Um, and then thinking the consortium is on there, and he's like, I've got competition. <laughs> what did they call it? The No No J? No J Consortium? No J Consortium. Yeah. I was like, eh. That's, that was great, too. So, yeah, I've been, yeah. I generally like this episode. I'm going to Davo meter this one at about a seven and a half, eight. I liked it. Yeah. Not okay. perfect. Uh, it's got its weaknesses, but I didn't even realize, of course, the TNG recycled plot thing. So, well, but, was, <laughs> was it officially a recycled pro, uh, plot? It just it, no, no, it, it, it just felt, felt like one. it just had that. It just okay. had a sure feeling where they just sure lifted it official. straight out of there. Yeah, it felt like one. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. I, um, that moment when yeah, Kira is like, she kind of takes that step back to um, associate with this this guy and she's kind of back in that being a rebel you know uh fighting for for the underdog and then cisco's like you're on the other side now you're the bureaucrat you're Mm -hmm. in charge of this and 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 yeah she's like it's terrible and you're like oh my god her heart just like shattered yeah the way she said it too it's horrible (laughs) like oh poor kira (laughs) you ever live long enough to die a hero or you you go burn his house down you'll feel better go Go blow his shit up and torch his house it's okay you'll get over it fast Uh. But it was so bad. She she like she's she she helps him finish the the kill and she's like, okay, your your job's complete. And then she destroys it. And you're like, no, good job. <laughs> oh, it was so painful. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. She's like, all right, uh, here's one side of me. Here's the other side of me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, let's open this up for for debate. Uh, does Nog does does that count as a Ferengi shenanigan? Oh hell's yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has to, right? Just because it, the shenanigan it, works out doesn't make it not a shenanigan. Yeah, <laughs> I, they they hustled Cork out of the yamak sauce. So, hey, yeah. and, fair and play. He did, he's like, what should I do with it? He's like, anything, just get rid of it. He's like, okay. okay. <laughs> and if you watch the scene where Odo is talking to Quark about the No J Consortium, you can see Nog, like, tiptoeing around in the background <laughs> and then, like, Jake like hiding working. behind the, yeah. the, like, lattice thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those two are up to shenanigans the entire episode when they're on the video call with the guy um uh, oh yeah they're like tapping the thing to make the interference it, so they can't right. see and oh yeah they're totally i got some like, interference 
And they're totally acting like two kids on a crank call. Like, it's wonderful. <laughs> is your refrigerator running? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is what? smart, though, because if the guy realized he was negotiating with a child, he probably would have been like, uh, no, not doing this. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not giving you land, kid. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I liked is there's that moment where, like, they're going to trade the land. And I think Jake or someone says, like, well, we need proof that you own it. And you're like, ah, smart. Yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. don't just, don't just take his word for it. Right. Like, naturally. Of course yeah, I how do. Jake acts in later episodes when it comes to capitalism, it's mm. a little bit unbelievable, but it is still smart. <laughs> yeah. He's growing. He has to grow out of his capitalist phase. It's fine. <laughs> all, all human 14 to 15 year olds go through a, a brief capitalist phase. <laughs> they go through their phase and then they become Federation socialists. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> We all experimented in college with capitalism. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Had a wild work study on Ferenginar. <laughs> uh, it was an unpaid internship. The they did there. Great. Of course it was unpaid because it was for the Ferengi you were doing. Right. <laughs> That's a human. We learned an experience. What's we that? can exploit somebody. Hey. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. Like what you were saying is they so they get the this basically they all of this is because of Quark. They get the sauce from Quark mm-hmm. and then they give it back to him. And so he, they basically got latinum from Quark from the sauce that they got from Quark. Well, yeah, but they put in the legwork to trade it around. I mean, that's, that's, no, I know. Exactly it's just funny how it, it all came back supposed to, it. to be. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Like, that's what you do. You take something that people think is worthless and try to turn it into gold. Like, and they did. That's what I mean. I thought it was pretty creative because yeah. it is like take a couple steps and round it about. My other question, though, is what is Jake going to do with Latinum? Like, is he using it to go to the Hollow Suites? Because he doesn't need the money. Or does Nog, well, does it stay I with mean, the consortium? Does Bejor use Latinum also, or is it just the Ferengi? Because it seems like it's kind of a general. go down to the it's planet. Pretty, it's it. pretty universal. I, I think that. Except for the Federation. Can, yeah, I think he can use it on the station. Okay. Yeah, with people yeah, I mean, coming he, and going he, could, go he could go to like Garrick's or the Replomat or something and yeah. and buy shit. He could get a sweet jumpsuit. Right? He's, he's gonna go blow it all on gym sticks. His little <laughs> asymmetrical suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because in in the next episode, he th- th- there's a comment that he goes to the to the Hollow Suite like every day or yeah. something. So I guess he's using it for that. Yeah, I'm sure he's that's a baseball. Being the the leader of the space station's kid. Quark is like, all right, I'll let him go. No, I, I don't think Quark gives him a freebie. He's like, he's mm-hmm. he's charging him. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's from like the Magic Federation account or whatever, however they pay for shit. Or from his Latinum that he yeah, got. Yeah, the Latinum that he got from his deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I like this one. I, I like that change with Kira because um, you see a lot of different sides of her. You see kind of the angry like rebel and then as as she's talking to this guy he's you know because he's like in trying to to make her angry and then she kind of softens to him and then insists this back and forth you get a lot from her uh in this episode it it was good i enjoyed it yeah it's good stuff uh no one dies so people get almost hurt sorry guys (laughs) someone gets shot does get shot yeah Uh, just shot though Shot. Yeah, but it's a kill tracker, and not a. Ooh, I got, That's I got true. hurt tracker. Like, yeah, it's it's not an ouchy tracker. <laughs> ouchy tracker. Uh, so you you can count one uh, sh- 
shenanigan and uh i think odo does not change into anything in this one i believe no we get very little from odo in in these couple episodes he talks Mm. with them a bit but it's not it's more exposition for him he kind of moves some things along yeah he doesn't do much yep he just kind of shoes them around what are you doing here cisco's not in this episode very much but the the small amount that he is is really good cisco um his scene with bashir where he where he tells him to make it true about oh, yeah. about what Kira is doing, I'm like, yeah, that's Cisco right there. He does not mess around. Um, uh, it, he he gets what he wants out of the situation, which involves protecting his officer. Like mm-hmm. he has Bajoran that he thinks he can trust, so he's gonna keep her around. Yeah, I love absolutely. it. Yeah, I like where what Julian is like giving the support. He goes, uh, for how long is she gone? And he goes, eh, yeah, a couple days. Okay, for a couple days, it's fine. Yeah. Yep, it's interesting good. watching Cisco like play in the gray area. He's very comfortable there. Yes, he is. Like I feel it's the Iron Man quote. It's like, don't do anything Kirk would do, and don't do anything Picard wouldn't do. But in there is that little gray area, and that's where you operate. It's called the Benjamin Cisco zone. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna live in the Cisco zone. I dig that. Uh, yeah, no, I think good episode overall. Uh, probably one of the better ones of the first season. Um couple in, in in this one i mean i i still stand by i think this is probably one of the better first seasons of all star trek um probably outside of like lower decks or maybe like you know discovery or something but um fairly consistent i mean it's not yeah i i don't like the weird ones like like what the next one is as much um <laughs> but it is what it is yeah i'm definitely noticing that i was i had really high hopes going into ds9 because everybody we talked to was like oh you liked firefly it's kind of a situational with character driven storylines and you're going to really like ds9 and i'm liking it i am not disliking it but i have another 160 episodes i know but i'm finding it harder to be engaged than i thought i would and they'll get get into their groove pretty quick yeah, the the silly ones in TNG were my favorites, and I'm noticing that I think the silly ones in DS9 are not so much my favorites. But that's the, whole... the, this quality of the silly ones goes up a lot as DS9 goes on, as they kind of figure out how that cast works together. Because if you mm-hmm. watch the the first season, they put Jadzia and Bashir together a lot, and it doesn't <sighs> work, and it's bad for both characters, and it just makes me upset. And, it, yeah. and O'Brien is sidelined a lot, doesn't really interact with other characters. You pretty much only get Odo and Quark or Quark and sometimes Kira. Mm. And so they don't really mix the characters up very much in the first season, but mm-hmm. the stories are still pretty good. And you still have Cisco and Kira, who are two of the best characters on Star Trek, um, yep. even in the first season, even when Kira has like her terrible season one uniform with like, her linebacker backer shoulder pads, yeah, like, oh shoulder my pads and everything on. Yeah. yeah, and like her weird like tank top that she wears under is that regulation? Like I know how uniforms work. Like, do you have a like a like with all the lace work in it? I, I don't know. I find well, it. I was gonna say the one that seems to be attached to her pants, like a yeah, onesie. right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. Well, and her pants go are super high too. What that's what I mean. It's like an A shirt attached to pants. That yeah. I was like, it's okay, very strange <laughs> looking. Like, this looks so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a Bajoran thing. Then they put the uniform shirt over that, because that's official looking. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Bajoran thing. Go with that. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Which was interesting, (laughs) like how the guy just dislikes all uniforms. Mm -hmm. And every time someone shows up, he's like, oh, another uniform. Another damn uniform. (laughs) Well, and his his friends, like, straight up attack people in uniforms. (laughs) They get very stabby. The security guy's like... (laughs) 
He stabbed me with a farm implement. Right? <laughs> he doesn't even see that I'm about it. <laughs> He's just like, oh, yeah, I got stabbed. What's the problem? He's running out there holding his side. <laughs> what the hell? It's security. You're used to being stabbed. If it were me, I'd be pretty upset. I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, they stabbed me with a pitchfork. That's not cool. Sure but I wonder stabbing is not the usual injury. You, you yeah, that's, that's true. Phaser. That's true. Pretty easy to fix. Phaser or a punch to the face or something. He's he's no because he's fine because he's gonna go back and talk to his other little security friends. He's like, oh security bingo, I got stabbed. A real weapon. <laughs> it penetrated the skin. I win. He's fine. Yeah. Besides, it's it's the future. Julian can fix it in like thirty seconds. That's why, as you said, that's why we have a kill tracker because Star Trek can. Anything other than old age or death, it can pretty much fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you just transfer your consciousness into a robot, you're fine. Just transfer it over. Good. It happens. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think overall, yeah, good episode. Um, cool. Well, what's the update on our Ferengi shenanigans? All right. So our kill tracker is stagnant this episode. Uh, with our standard TOS deaths of 1650, our star, our TNG deaths of 30,028, and our DS9 of 13. We're getting there. We're getting uh, for there. a total of 31,691 deaths total in Star Trek thus far. My God. And then we now have eight Ferengi shenanigans. And we have had Odo change into rat, a chair, some shit in a bucket, a food cart, a painting, and a drinking glass. And, and speaking of death, not... DS9 related, but we lost a Star Trek alum today. Leslie Jordan died. When was Aww, Star Trek? that's sad. Who's that? Well, he's best known for his oh, role on Will and Grace. Yeah. yeah, but he played a Ferengi in a Voyager episode that we'll see in I don't know two or three years when we get there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It all comes back to Star Trek. Yeah. Does. So. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. Well, let's do this. I well. Josh, I know you don't really have a lot of social media, so I can't have you plug anything. I really don't. Um, uh, Would you like I, to plug Kelly stuff? <laughs> yeah, plug your wife. I, I actually will. Well, again, we're back to phrasing, but um, nevertheless, <laughs> we'll leave that. We'll leave that to you, sir. Sorry. Uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah. Uh, so my wife is Kelly, um, uh, the nerdy flutist. She's on TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, and various places she has a patreon uh she is a musician primarily the flute and other flute-like instruments but she does a little bit of bard core as well and uh yeah she does all sorts of sci-fi music and fun stuff uh her tiktok is fun to follow from youtube from for me because i don't do tiktok but <laughs> um but yeah, I, I'm not a big social media guy. I'm just a nerd who lurks in the shadows and <laughs> enjoys talking about stuff. That's perfect. We all need lurking nerds at some point. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Outs, or Do you think Star Trek is your biggest fandom? Mm. Uh, probably not. Okay. Um. So I know because you, you guys do like LARPing and cosplay and some of like D. Yeah, yeah we that, do. that's a good question, Jeff. Boil it down. What's your one fandom? If you had <laughs> to this fan, you're a nerd. <laughs> What's your one thing? That is hard. I, I traditionally have been more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek yeah. fan. Uh, and one of I, us. One of <laughs> us. I, I'm a, I'm a huge like 
Star Wars Legends expanded universe guy, like all the 90s novels and all that stuff. Like if oh, it involves he reads, that's not oh, fair. We don't read. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's literate. <laughs> and, hey, well, how many times have you guys been like, I think there's a book in Star Trek that covers this and something. Well, something. I know there's a book in Star Trek that covs everything to be fair. Like that's that's, true. there's a massive so, number of Star Trek novels. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, Josh. Have you read the original Rogue Squadron books? Oh, hell yes. Some of how, my very favorite books of all time. I love them how, dearly. How close do you think that the series that Disney is going to be putting out for Rogue Squadron is going to mirror those books? Well, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> Buckle in, everybody. All right, here we go. Uh, we're taking well, over the podcast. This is the Nerd Wars podcast. It was announced as a movie, right? And so I don't know if they have changed course and they're going to do a, a TV series instead. I heard, it, I heard it announced as a TV series originally, I thought. No, it was originally announced as a movie, which... I was pretty disappointed by because yeah, to lot. me there's a lot of content there that you could that a kind of like um prestige TV ensemble cast kind of thing would be oh, awesome. It would be hella good, like an expanse kind of feel to it or um yeah. Game of Thrones. Um uh, but maybe somewhat more PG thirteen given that it's Star Wars to bring the kids in because they love exploding spaceships. I know I did. And, uh, I, yeah, I think as a TV series, it would be freaking gold. Um, and even with how Star Wars has kind of messed with the, the old school novel continuity, you could still bring in all of the characters and it would still work. Yeah, they've tweaked it. They haven't really scrubbed any of it yet. It's just they've, they've been picking and choosing the parts they bring in. But I think I have only one requirement for the Rogue Squadron series or movie is I need to see some uglies. If oh, I don't see some uglies, and so for those two that are looking yes. fairly confused, I uglies, zoned out. Uglies are what people after Return of the Jedi went and basically took the pieces of TIE fighters and X-Wings and Y-Wings and mashed them together into new ships that are like mm. half parts of both. And Rogue Squadron often has to deal with these things that they can't tell exactly how maneuverable it's going to be or what firepower it has because it's like a Y-Wing with TIE fighter wings fused onto it or all this stuff and i'm like i gotta see that that's what always been one of my favorites but anywho back okay. to you know star trek and stuff i recognize the words as being of english language but <laughs> <laughs> but historically i would have said star wars these days not so much because i don't like the new direction as much though andor is awesome um and love the mandalorian anymore like i'm probably more of a larper i do a lot of um uh, fantasy um tabletop writing gming nice. and things like that um so game mastering i should say and things like that awesome hmm. oh we know well, what gming means well he does <laughs> he, i do that's true yeah well david was a dm for well you had a, like a five-year i had a five-year campaign D &D. run yeah and then i've played for a long time but and then I, we made I him a whole... do a well, because then we made you do a Star Trek podcast, and so you, and you made me quit. Yeah. Oh. Well, it was you're that. welcome. I was, I was doing a full homebrew campaign set in the real world, like Earth here, like the whole thing, and it was fantastic. But boy, is it a lot of work. And yes, after about five years, I went. Eh, I think I'm gonna take my nights and do something a little easier. So I thought I'd just you know make dick jokes and and make fun. Watch of Watch 900 episodes Star of Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> yeah. Watch a lot of episodes of Star Trek. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I do All right. D&D, &D, though. Oh, well. I know. 
happen. Um, also, well, thank you, Josh, for for coming and doing this. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. You're gonna stick around for the next one. We're gonna force if, you. Yeah, unless you guys want to kick me off, I'm I'm gonna no. stay here. I'm you're I'm staying. Away. You're staying. <laughs> damn, oh, time, time's gonna be damned. Nope. Yeah, disconnect that call. <laughs> Whoops. No, no, you're sticking around. We're gonna make you. Awesome. Uh, David, why don't you do our spiel and then we'll be good. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Find out what's your nerd trick at the nerdtrek.com where we got links to our social media sites. You can view our smiling faces. You could buy some of our shit. And whenever you're done burning down your new friend's house to as a favor, you can give us a five star rating and review and we'll read that out over the air. Burn and while you're there, and while you're there check out one of our other podcasts such as the nerd trick movie club where we've gone over such amazing movies as everything everywhere all at once or prey or uh some of the other ones that jeff has done with other people a little boring but uh (laughs) the ones he's done with me have been amazing damn the roof the roof roof. the roof is on fire fire. (laughs) i had to throw that in there okay that's it for us everyone thank you for listening we do appreciate it and we will catch you on the next one bye everybody See ya. Thank you.